You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Today, on another episode of Witches Brew Ha Ha, we're discussing the new film, You Won't Be Alone. The horror tale takes place in the 19th century and follows a young woman cursed by witch Old Maid Maria, played by Anna Maria Marinka. We watched Navina, played by Sarah Klemanska, inhabit the bodies of townsfolk and live the life that she never got to experience due to said curse. I'm Wright Sulik, and with me around the cauldron, that was a joke, I have the ghoulish Robert. Good evening. The terrifying Jordan. I'm in too much pain to have a clever introduction. And the outright second coming of our Dark Lord, Ray. Hello. All right, I'm done with that uh, voice. <laughs> I've been practicing that for two days now. Hey, so yeah, we're talking about uh, You Won't Be Alone. And uh, it's a new film by Goran Stolinsky. Um, it takes place in, um, where was it? Uh, Macedonia. Macedonia. Yeah, Macedonia. And it, it starts like a, it feels like an old wives' tale, like a... Um, uh, like a Brothers Grimm kind of tale where this witch comes out of nowhere and is going to basically, it feels like to suck the life out of a baby, but curses the baby and uh, wants to have the child for herself. Uh, and the thing is, the mother is like, no, like don't have her until she's older in life. Let her at least have some kind of childhood. And she like stores her away uh, in a cave for, I guess, 16 years. And, uh, and then finally the witch comes to take her back. And it's an interesting take on a witch's tale because this type of witch, like I said in the the very hilarious intro, um, they they actually inhabit and shapeshift uh, in either different people or even sometimes animals. And so it's really more of a, a character study on this young woman who had her life basically stolen from her and she's living the lives of other people in the town that I guess where she grew up. Grew up. And... Uh, it's it's a it's a slow moving now all everybody. I'm sorry. Uh, I really really wanted to love uh, this movie because there has some great people in it. With like Numi Rapace is more or less in an extended cameo in a lot of ways, and uh, I don't think she even has a line really. Um, and a lot of just other like great actors uh, throughout the film, like Sarah Klamonski Klamonska. Oh my god, I'm terrible with names sometimes. Uh, she's actually pretty great as the the young woman who uh, becomes this witch. But I'd love to hear what you all have to think about this. Ray, why don't you start us off and you won't be alone because you're not. You already said that the film is slow and it is slow. And I think that 
I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing, except for mm-hmm. I maybe lose 15 minutes of this. The pace is deliberate, and this is not going to be for everybody. Yeah. But I did enjoy it in the end. And I think one of the things that really made me enjoy it was all of the performances. And yes, you're right. I mean, the fact is that not one of the actors playing the young witch character ever yeah. actually has a line. They don't speak. It's it's voiceover. So you have all these performances that are going on without anyone saying a word, really. I mean, the other characters around them are speaking, but they're not. And that is something sometimes that fascinates me about, um, you know, watching actors work is really watching actors work. So yeah. that was something I really enjoyed about this film. Yeah, the physicality that each of the characters and the actors uh, have in this movie are quite great because you're you're again following Navina's character who hasn't like really had any kind of experience with anyone else and is almost like a feral animal in a lot of ways and so or a child at least and so any times that she doesn't have another body she's like the way that they carry themselves is kind of like hunched or just kind of like almost waddling around the way that uh, she would normally it's kind of amazing that they are just like copying that kind of uh, like physical language but Jordan what did you think? Well, I would say uh, this is very realistic. A young woman grown up and sheltered off from life until she's 16. This is pretty much the average teenage experience for a young woman in Alabama or Mississippi (laughs) or Tennessee or Arizona. Yeah, I'm pretty much just going after anti-trans states right now. Anyway, I got to agree with Ray. I mean... I'm mixed on this movie. It looks beautiful. It has a very mm-hmm. great haunting atmosphere. And the premise is interesting. I do like it as this sort of meditation on life. Like what it is to truly live and have mm-hmm. a life. And, you know, feel something. Be that, you know, the smell of flowers, the... You know, the sensation of water dropping on you or just having a good old dickin'. I, um, <laughs> it really is fascinating. But yeah, none of the people that become our main character never, yeah, they never really do have a line. And that bothers me because it means we don't really get into the character. I mean, sure, I mean, Maybe they had a line or two before they become. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the character's name again? Navina. N- yeah, Navina. Like before, Navina inhabits them. But when Navina does, then nothing, and it really does make this movie feel hollow in a way. It's like I get the idea. I'm in love with the premise of this movie. It's just. I don't think it's executed quite that well. I, I agree with both of you too. It's like you see what it's trying to do and it's just it's leaving a lot up to the audience to understand and to just go along with it. Like the, you said, Jordan, this like meditation it feels like of life. And it's just it's a lot to take in. If you're if you're going in thinking you're about to watch like Robert Eggers The Witch, it's like you're not you're not signing up for the correct movie. Uh Robert, what did you think? You know, uh, something that I've been into since, uh, you know, all this wonderful Corona stuff has happened is 
I still haven't been to a movie theater. I just worked South by Southwest a couple weeks ago. We worked the red carpets. I still did not, have not been in a theater yet. So this may be an effect of just mainly watching a lot of television. Not necessarily just solid over the last two years, but I am watching fewer movies that when this started, what I thought I wanted it to be, like it absolutely was. So this was a banger for me. Um, I love the, I mean, like real deep, like the opening, the opening cut to the title card was fantastic in that opening scene. It reminded me of the cut to title in Nightingale, which is another really dark, heavy movie. Mm. I like that this reminded me of all the moons that I think didn't we review, right? Which was about a girl that was dying where a, a witch or slash vampire Gives her the power to stay alive, but then it means that she is immortal now. So that movie was kind of about the same pace, but it was about the loneliness of immortality. I love that this went the other way, and it was about, even though we see this character that changes form a bunch of times, you know, doomed to this life, the the character wanted life, whatever form she was in. She wanted a family. Mm -hmm. She wanted to learn. She wanted all that stuff. I really like movies like Hagazusa too, which is a couple years old, which is another one, mainly because the character is alone the whole time that there's no dialogue. But I love that we got so much great like cinema. Uh, what's the word? Everything. Uh, uh, yeah, where you know I think a a great side effect of not having the dialogue is that camera was in these people's faces for a lot of this. So a lot of the movement stuff that we'd get in normal movies weren't big blocked out, you know, scenes and stuff like that. We were really in there with the character. So real quick, it jumped to, you know, trying to get into this character's headspace. I will say it was not jarring, but following the character who, because she spent her, you know, formative years in a cave, didn't really have speech, you know, is one of her uh, uh, primary things coming up that her dialogue is not childish but more primitive at the beginning but you know yeah besides where it ends up at the end but uh i really dug a lot of the stuff that we saw uh one thing i did think uh the only thought I, thing i thought was funny during the movie was uh their maternity leave is non-existent in this because <laughs> that one character in act one has a baby and is pointed directly back to the fields <laughs> The the one thing uh, I I thought was pretty interesting again to harp on everyone what, what they're saying is that um yeah and it's it's about uh, Navina's life trying in, in a way like you're saying Jordan and like this living this um, slightly hollow or even like superficial life just to kind of get a taste of like what people are like the first woman that she inhabits uh, I guess Numi Rapace and then um, the man that she inhabits and then she does inhabit um, a young girl. And then the experience that she has as that girl and then later in life, it's like, that's an interesting idea. I almost wish that it was like that. It's, it, it, you know what it felt like? It, um, it, it felt like a vignettes uh, throughout the film. You're just like, okay, I, I, I get it. I get it. And I wanted more of like the more powerful vignette, which was the last one. And uh, it just, it felt like it ended up just dragging after a while going through all these people's experiences. Like, okay, I, 
I get like life in Macedonia in 19th century was awful. Uh, like <laughs> it's like you don't have to tell me. Like I, I get. I'm pretty sure everywhere in 19th century was terrible somewhere. Um, it's terrible now. So <laughs> come on. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, they had Tiger Electronics instead of Nintendo. That that was. Just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> the now uh, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about like just technically how this film is. Uh, one, I think. Um, someone uh, talked about how like beautiful it looks because it really is like a very well shot movie it's very atmospheric i i found this to be a very beautiful movie to look at it was engrossing in that way as was the music it really helped to give it all you know just this wondrous look but without much going on I did dig the aspect ratio, which I think was a little shorter on the sides. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, to me, that kept it kind of pushed in a little bit, which I think we're all, regardless of how much we loved it, like that was one thing about the film that you've got to get over if you're down with it, is that it is a very pushed forward, you know, there's not a lot of looking at the scenery type stuff. It's just kind of mostly in the moment stuff. The music I really dug, there was a lot of piano, there was a lot of uh, light orchestral stuff, but I really dug in the manger scene, I guess, uh, when Rapace's uh, character gets introduced, they use like some 70s, well not 70s, but some synthesizer sounds, mm -hmm. which is mo mainly used in sci-fi to do like wonder and stuff, but I thought that was neat because as structured and you can say art house and all that stuff, this movie really not draws itself in a box, but it was still doing small things that I thought were really cool. The visual stuff is great. There's some great silhouetted shots. The sky is fucking beautiful. Every time you see it, the nighttime shots, the natural light, all that stuff I thought was really good. I agree that the film was really pretty to look at. Um, the only problem that I had, if, the, if you can call it a problem, it was just... There is a technique that the director used where the camera kept kind of swinging around and swinging around and swinging around. And I understand that in the beginning, the director was probably using that because you've got this, this almost brand new baby. You know, you've got the girl coming into the world, has never seen the world, and it's just it's everything swirling, so it's looking around. But after a while, I kind of wanted a different way to get that sensation because I was getting a little <laughs> sick of the camera spinning around. Sure. I I don't know, you know, it might not bother other people, uh, and it may just be, you know, kind of the the fault of, like, a first-time director, because this director's only really done shorts before, and, and maybe right. this being their first feature, you know, hasn't quite got very sophisticated with maybe what to do with that camera, or what to tell their cinematographer to do with that camera, mm -hmm. um, but that's a nitpick. Let's, let's go into final thoughts. So, uh, Jordan, how about you lead us off? I found this movie to be fascinating and interesting to think about, but as a movie, it's okay. It's like, again, if, if Navina was actually allowed to have lines as the people she was, it would be more interesting. Now, I know for some people that... It was like, oh, well, I can't speak it, so what's it going to do to me anyway? Fucker, subtitles exist. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but and, and that still means something. Again, we don't really get Navina's 
sense of herself, of themselves, you know, uh, when it becomes these people. And I feel like that that's a major disconnect because I'm not because I'm not connecting with what you know her story is, mm-hmm. you know what they're feeling. I mean, yes, we got voiceover, cool, but it's not the same. It really isn't. Technically, this movie is amazing. Uh, overall, I would just have to give it. I want to be generous. I'm going to say about a 6 out of 10 Animorphs cats. (laughs) There definitely was an Animorph in this movie, by the way. Spoiler, I guess. Uh, It's like the first frame. (laughs) Robert, how about you? The stuff I like the most, uh, you know, we talked about Numi Rapace. The first big chunk of the movie that she's in is told where she's the new mother uh, through montage. And I just really loved it. Like that might've been the height of what he's doing. And I totally get what's Ray saying just to backtrack a second, because a lot of stuff where we're seeing how the camera is used is usually done to train the audience. But then, yeah, you can calm down two hours in. Yeah. We know what's going on, but my absolute favorite part of the movie is when Rapace is uh, with the baby in the manger assumingly not really seeing one before as any of her characters. And she kind of snarls at the baby and like pantomimes mocking the baby. I just thought that was hilarious. I thought that was great. I think it's a really sweet, sweeping, really dark fairy tale about generational trauma and, you know, the horrible things that befall this young woman in her life. But I really loved it. Y'all, this was my small, quiet, fucking saddest, hell you know but is there still hope kind of stuff and not too heavy on the magic but using it as a device which i thought was cool so i'm gonna go with nine out of ten liters of whatever that blood magic stuff she pulled out of that uh animal there at the end because that stuff <laughs> that stuff needs to get to market <laughs> man nine out of ten all right all right all right ray how about you what are your final thoughts I'm going to go back to the acting on this one uh, because that is what you have here and that's what you have to work with because, of course, in the beginning, the old witch steals the baby's voice. So the baby is, as this girl grows up, she's never going to have her own voice. So everything that we're going to get from then on is all in the face, all in the feeling, all in the body work, all in everything like that. And that, to me, is the best thing about this movie and the reason to watch it um overall it is also a good film it is going to be a tough sell to people of course you know again it's it's set in 19th century macedonia and it is you're gonna have to read subtitles when there even are words and there's not very many words so it's going to be a hard sell to some people but i think it's worth your time i my only other big gripe about it is that it takes a little too much time to get where it's going. I, I think this was a, was a cool 90 minutes. Uh, you know, we could have got there because we understand every time she inhabits a new person, what she's trying to do. And we understand she's trying to learn and we understand she's trying to figure out what it is to be human after being locked away for so long. Uh, but I, I just really loved the acting in this film uh, across the board. And so I am going to give it overall a 7.5 out of 10 dead animals. 
because, man, there's a lot of those in this film. There's a lot more than 7.5 dead animals in this movie. <laughs> uh, True. <laughs> uh, the, one of the technical thing I wanted to talk about that really irked me, actually. Uh, technically, the film is really, really well done, but the one thing that I caught very quickly that it's it's funny that we're doing an you know this is an audio medium that we're doing right here on podcast the voiceover itself there is something that the actress is doing that was driving me crazy and she was hugging the microphone when she was actually recording it and all i can think is like back away <laughs> like what are you doing and i wanted to almost like do it but then i would just be like well of course and i'm a piece of shit and i'm doing it on here but it was very odd that it was a feature film and no one thought to like, oh, can you get like, you know, just the pinky and the thumb away from the microphone? Uh, and I didn't. And then I started thinking, was like, is this a choice? What? Well, this is a stupid choice. So like, why is she just like, I don't know. It, it drove me crazy. Um, but overall, I, I do agree with with mostly everything you guys are talking about. Like, um I, I I was really intrigued. I think it's a really good idea. I think a lot of it could be cut out. Some of, the, again, like the vignettes, the first portions of this, or at least shorten up. Like, you know, you kind of get it. You're like, you don't need that much longer with each of these characters if we're just going to go to another person anyway. But I thought the last vignette was probably the most powerful uh, by far because then you get to see her almost experience a whole life. And I was like, okay, well, this is interesting now. Um, but yes, the, the everyone in it, the actors are great. Um, I just wanted it a little shorter, a little, maybe slightly, I, I don't, I don't want to say, uh, too pulpy at all, but I, I get, again, I get what this is just every now and then when the violence came out, like, Hey, there you go. But you know, it, it went away and I'm like, let's look at the, the weeds again. Um, anyway, I'm going to give this, um, I'll be with, uh, Jordan on this one, a uh, six out of 10, Movies that Numi Rapace is in this year, she's in a ton of movies this year so far. So I good literally for her. just reviewed another one with Black her. Crab. Yeah, Black yep. Crab. Yep, was on that one too. Yeah, uh, I I love her, and I wish she would do everything because she is an incredible actress. Won't lie, this movie could have used a few more ice skating. Just, <laughs> just gonna point that out. You know, I said the benefit of them not having dialogue in the film is that we got the cool close-up camera shots, but I bet the way it was sold is that we don't have to pay for sound on set. Well, they definitely didn't know how to record sound in the voiceovers, <laughs> at least, so God help them there. 